to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. My name's Corinne, and I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist who went from no period from mismanaged PCOS to a regular one. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get hormonally balanced and emotionally aligned. This podcast is all about education, empowerment, real talk, and simple strategies you could start today to find inner peace and overall well-being. I am so excited to be here with you to chat about all things health, hormones, and mindset. Are you ready? Let's get it. What is going on? This episode is from someone who messaged me on Instagram, Emma. This is for you. She messaged me on the Mind Your Hormones podcast Instagram and was like, can you talk about ovulation pain? I'm experiencing this. Like, why is it happening? Where is it coming from? Is it normal? How can we support ourselves through it? And I'm like, I know if you have this question, most likely other people are going to also. So we are going to get right into it, which if you are not connected with me on Instagram at Corinne Angelica or at the mind, at mindyourhormones.com podcast. Come connect with me. Let's hang out. I'm always over there. I share a lot of content over there. I'm always on stories. And obviously if you message me things like, Hey, I would love for you to talk with us on the podcast. I know, first of all, I'd love to know who's actually listening. So, so right now I'm just recording by myself. So I'd love to know who's listening so I could get to connect with you, but also you can give me ideas to share on the podcast, things that you're actually wondering about. So make sure we're connected over there. But this is what we're talking about today. We are talking about ovulation pain. If it's normal, why are you actually experiencing it, what causes it, and what you can do about it. Before we get into this, I need to make sure you know about this because I'm so excited to finally have this out into the world. This is actually something that's part of the Mind Your Hormones method, but I updated it. Um, so if you're in the Mind Your Hormones method, go check your course resources. It's updated in there for you, but I'm also selling it separately now because a lot of people always ask me this stuff and I'm like, oh, I actually don't have anything to provide you with. My husband actually gave me this idea. So I created a recipe guide for you. Plant-based, gluten-free, hormone balancing, blood sugar balancing recipes guide for you. It is, okay, like disclaimer, I'm not someone that likes to cook. Okay. So if like you're someone who you're like, I like really intricate meals. I love cooking. I like taking a million ingredients. Like this is not for you. But if you are someone who likes things really simple, you don't want a trillion ingredients. You just want to make sure that it is plant-based. It's gluten-free. It is hormone balancing. It's blood sugar balancing. Just so you could get an idea. Like the main point of this recipes guide is for you to start to feel more confident. So you could then create meals that are going to help, you know, support you that you actually like take this run with it. If you don't like an ingredient in there, swap with another one. Like, and whenever I say like half a cup, it's like half a cup ish. Okay. Like I personally don't measure when I cook. So when I was creating this, I'm like, Fuck, I got to figure out like around about how much I use of these things. So take it with a grain of salt, no pun intended, but this really is meant for you to feel more confident in the kitchen. If you are busy, like if you are a mom or literally anybody, if you're just busy and you don't want to spend a million hours in the kitchen, but you want to make sure you are eating mainly whole foods. You really want to prioritize that. You don't want to eat out a lot. You just are like, I don't really know what to eat. I would love to see ideas of what you eat. This is what this recipes guide is for. Okay. So the link will be in the show notes for you to snag it. Um, and I'm excited to see what you think. If you are using any of the recipes or making any of the recipes, make sure you tag me because I want to see um, what you think about it. So also I've already had more ideas of ones I want to add. If I add any, you will just get access to them as well, right? Like my assistant will message you and be like, Hey, we updated it. Here's updated copy. Um, just so you know that as well. Okay. So that's in the show notes. All right, let's get to this. So ovulation pain. Is it normal? Let's get to it. 
So first of all, what you need to know, which you obviously know, we talk about this a lot on the podcast, unless you are new here. Hello, I'm so happy you're here. We have four phases to our menstrual cycle. We have the actual menstrual phase, which is when you're bleeding. We all know about that phase. You have a follicular phase, ovulatory phase, and luteal phase. So just like I talk about on here all the time about how you can't spot treat a, a hormone that's out of balance. If you're like, oh, I have high testosterone or I have low estrogen or high estrogen or low progesterone or whatever it is, my cortisol is high or low. Like you can't spot treat a specific hormone that's out of balance. Balance. Same way you can't spot treat a specific phase that's out of balance because everything's connected. Every single hormone on your body is connected. So if you have high testosterone, it doesn't matter. Not that it doesn't matter, but the point is it's not like we could just focus on the testosterone or just focus on the estrogen because everything is connected. Same thing with the phases. If your ovulation is off and you're experiencing um, symptoms around ovulation, you might also be experiencing symptoms in your luteal phase, like PMS symptoms. Maybe it's like breast tenderness or water retention or some moodiness, maybe cramping during your period, acne, anything like that, um, because everything is connected. So of course, we're going to be talking specifically about the ovulation pain because this is what the conversation is. But obviously, you know, I need to talk to you and let you know that everything is connected and it's all about putting your body in the optimal environment to actually thrive and heal and live in a way that naturally heals the root causes of all hormonal imbalances, blood sugar dysregulation, nervous system dysregulation, nutrient deficiencies, your gut is out of whack and inflamed, and your liver is not properly detoxifying. These are the all the pillars or the modules of the Mind Your Hormones Method because that's what I live my life. If you want to heal whatever it is, you have to have those things in place. So that is what we really want to focus on. But for the topic of this conversation, let's just focus in on ovulation specifically. And then the tips that I'm going to give you of how to reduce this pain, if you have it, are going to support every single area of your health. They're going to support any hormone you have out of balance because that's just the way our body works. Okay. So ovulation is what the reason why we have phases first of all is because your hormones are fluctuating throughout the month, right? They're not always the same because we have a cycle. So we're cyclical beings. Our hormones are cycling. They're fluctuating throughout the month. If you are someone who's on hormonal birth control, if you are pregnant or you are breastfeeding, you don't have a cycle yet, or you're just like not cycling in general, you do not experience phases of your cycle, right? You're not ovulating. If you are not getting a period also, if you are getting a period and you're not tracking ovulation, a period is not a sign of ovulation. In order to track ovulation, you have to, in order to confirm ovulation, you have to be tracking it, not with an app, but with your basal body temperature, your cervical mucus, your cervical positioning. I have a whole other podcast episode on that episode 123. We'll link in the show notes for you. Um, so anyway, well, I've lost my train of thought already. Here we go. I'm squirreling. So I need notes. Okay. Ovulation. Um, holy mother of Lord. I say, Oh, people who are not experiencing ovulation if you're on birth control, you are not experiencing ovulation because your ovulation is actually turned off. Specifically, if you're on the pill, the nuvering, the depot shot, the implant, like you're not ovulating. That's how it's preventing pregnancy. So this is not going to be applicable to you. Obviously, if you're pregnant, you're not ovulating. Um, and if you're breastfeeding, you haven't gotten your cycle back yet. You are not ovulating. However, you are going to ovulate before you get your period. So just make note of that. I also have another podcast episode on that. Okay. Just wanted to make that note. So anyway, ovulation for those of you who are ovulating is when estrogen is at its peak. So your estrogen levels are going to fluctuate throughout the month. All your hormone levels are at their absolute lowest during the menstrual phase. During your follicular phase, they start rising. And then during ovulation, they are at their absolute peak. And this is for a reason because your body is so freaking smart. Ovulation, uh, estrogen is what produces cervical mucus. Ovulation is obviously the time, the only phase that you could actually get pregnant five to six days. You're only fertile 
five to six days out of the month during this time of ovulation. The actual act of ovulation is one day, right? When the follicle bursts and the egg is released is a one day situation. However, you are fertile for the five days leading up to that and the 24 hours after because sperm can stay alive in that cervical mucus for up to five days. Okay. So the reason why your estrogen is increasing around ovulation is so one of the reasons is so that your body is going to produce more cervical mucus so that if you are trying to conceive, your body doesn't know the difference. It's always just, you know, allowing you to get pregnant. Things are obviously working properly. Your estrogen is increasing. So you have more cervical mucus so that sperm can actually get to the egg because sperm cannot survive us inside the cervical mucus. It helps it survive. It it, um, creates a perfect pH environment for it. It actually allows it to travel to the egg and it filters out um, abnormal sperm. So our estrogen is peaking around ovulation for that reason because you need CM to get pregnant. Um, you're also more energetic if, again, if things are in balance, right? This is why estrogen is doing around ovulation and it's at its peak. You're more energetic. You're in a good mood. You're glowing. You could be more attractive. There's literally been studies shown that you are sometimes more attractive during ovulation because of those high estrogen levels. You might feel more social, all those things, right? Now, and that's like the amazing side of ovulation. However, if you have an imbalance and you're experiencing ovulation pain, this could be coming from you having too much estrogen, specifically like an imbalance of estrogen and prostaglandin levels. So prostaglandins are like hormone-like substances in our body. We actually have inflammatory prostaglandins and anti-inflammatory prostaglandins. We naturally have more anti-inflammatory prostaglandins, which is what we want, but we also do have inflammatory prostaglandins. If you are experiencing this ovulation pain, you most likely have an imbalance of that. You have too many inflammatory prostaglandins that are causing this ovulation pain. This is also what causes period cramps, right? So you might be experiencing both. You might be experiencing one or the other, but um, you are having too many of those inflammatory prostaglandins and inflammatory inflammation in the body also causes you to produce more estrogen. So estrogen is going to be at heightened as well. So what we want to focus on is how we can flush that estrogen out of the body more effectively, because if you're experiencing these excess estrogen symptoms, again, which could be the ovulation pain, it could also look like acne, migraines, bloating around ovulation, any PMS symptoms like we, we touched on in the beginning, breast tenderness, um, water retention, again, migraines, uh, cramping, mood swings, all of that. This is, if your body is not properly re- uh, reducing, no, removing, there we go, not properly removing estrogen out of the body. So what happens is our liver is what processes and metabolizes all our excess hormones as well as our metabolic waste, toxins, all that stuff. Then it moves on to the gut and the gut is what gets it out of the body through your poop. So there's a breakdown in your liver or in your gut. And if whichever it is, it's recirculating back into your bloodstream and causing you to have too much estrogen because you're not getting out of your body effectively. So we want to make sure that you can flush that estrogen out of your system. And we want to make sure that you are reducing inflammation. So this is where these are the tips are going to come in for you for this. But before I say that, I also want to say, first of all, pain is never normal, right? So the question of, is it normal? No, right? Pain is never normal. And we have to realize and, and normalize that that's not normal, right? We, we should not be normalizing pain. This is why people who have endometriosis go decades sometimes before getting a diagnosis, because it could be starting in adolescence, in high school. And you're like having debilitating pain where you can't even go to school or whatever is happening. And you're just like, Oh, it's normal. It's my period. I'm supposed to have cramps. And then years and years and years and years and years of it. And we're just normalizing it, but it's not normal. Pain is never normal, whether it's during ovulation or whether it's during your actual period or whenever it's not normal. Okay. Um, 
Um, and, but if you're having this severe pain, right, some of this could just be, again, what we just talked about, the inflammation, the inflammatory prostaglandins that can be healed like pretty quickly. If you are actually like, I'm going to give you some tips to help with that naturally with, you know, food, lifestyle, supplementation, all the things I'll give you some, um, support, nutrition support in this, and also some supplements you could take to help with this. But if you are experiencing severe pain, it can be from endometriosis or ovarian cysts. So I want you to make sure that you are getting this checked out. You're working with someone because we don't want that to go unnoticed. Obviously, of course, these things that I'm talking about are going to support you if you do have endometriosis or ovarian cysts as well, but that could be more severe. So I just want to obviously make that disclaimer as well to make sure that if this is something that's persisting. It's really severe. I want you to work with someone to help support you in this, maybe get an ultrasound to see if you have cysts or whatever's going on. Okay. All right. So I'm going to give you a couple tips to help reduce this. If you are someone who is experiencing ovulation pain, and again, this is going to support you in your, in your whole life, right? In every single phase of your cycle is going to get better by doing these things. Everything is going to get better because everything is connected. Okay. So number one thing is to better support your luteal. Uh, This isn't ranked in order of importance. Okay. It's just the first one we're talking about. Um, is better support yourself in the luteal phase. And again, the luteal phase is comes after ovulation. It's the 10 to 14 days before you actually get your period. And this is the phase that gets a bad rap because if you do have too much estrogen in relation to progesterone, you're going to experience PMS symptoms in these 10 to 14 days before your period. Okay. So we want to better support yourself in this phase. And what that could look like is ditching caffeine. I obviously these things that we're talking about here, I recommend just all the time, not just in your luteal phase, but it's most important in your luteal phase. So if you are like, "Mm, I don't want to do it all the time, but where can I start? Start in your luteal phase. Ditching caffeine. I mean, I talk about this literally all the time. It actually increases (laughs) caffeine and alcohol. We're keeping the same, keeping it rolling. Um, Ditching caffeine and alcohol. We're just going to lump them all together. Those could be such trigger points for people. I'm actually going to do a whole other episode on that. So I'm not going to dive deep into it right now, but these two things, caffeine and alcohol will greatly dysregulate your blood sugar, which is going to affect your estrogen levels and every other hormone in your body. It also can cause more inflammation in your body. It's also going to pose more more stress on your liver. And we want to, again, more effectively get estrogen out of the body. And these two substances can be hindering you from actually doing that. Um, so we want to just take out any roadblocks, right? So if we're like, we want a clear path, we're getting the shit out of the road. Caffeine and alcohol are things you could clear out of your path so that the estrogen can more effectively get out of your body. Okay. Um, dairy is another one of those. And this is specifically because it increases your estrogen levels for, I have a whole podcast episode on this. I'm going to link this below too. Um, but the, the reason is because dairy is coming from a cow that's pregnant, right? Just like we can milk our babies, right? Like boobs, uh, milk comes out of our boobs after we're pregnant. Actually, even when you're pregnant, you can get milk or colostrum out. But anyway, your hormones are obviously heightened when you are pregnant. Your hormones are different when you're breastfeeding, all this is going on. Same thing for a cow. So in dairy, in milk, there are estrogens that are from the cow. When it comes into our body, it's not our own production of estrogen, but it acts in a similar way in our body. Our body gets confused. These estrogen hormones latch onto our hormone receptors. Our estrogen then goes floating around in the body because it's like, wait a second, we already have estrogen. What's happening? Like, where is it coming from? And then we just have an abundant amount of estrogen. Okay. It's also, it could be inflammatory to your gut, which is going to affect negatively impact you actually getting the estrogen, the toxins, the metabolic waste, all that out of your body through your poop. So that's another thing that you can keep in mind for helping reduce this ovulation pain. Okay. 
And then the other thing is having, um, adding in an extra snack during ovulation to help support your dysregulated blood sugar. I'm sorry, not during ovulation, during your luteal phase. Obviously you can add an extra snack whenever you want, but specifically during your luteal phase, your blood sugar is more dysregulated. And the reason why is because it just naturally is right. Because of where your hormone levels are at, your blood sugar is naturally more easily out of whack. Your cortisol levels are also naturally higher, which is another reason why we don't want to do caffeine, especially in that luteal phase. So because your blood sugar is more dysregulated, you're going to notice that in that luteal phase, you probably can't go as long in between meals without eating. So what we want to do is add in that extra snack. So you're not really going more than three and a half ish hours between meals. Um, so definitely recommend doing that. I have an entire, um, obviously in the recipes guide, there's breakfast recipes, um, lunch, dinner, snacks, desserts. I talk about that in there. So you'll get ideas for some snacks in there, but also, um, I have a free training as well. That is, talks about how you can create hormone balance meals. I talk about this in the recipes guide too. Cause I'm like, I want you to actually learn how to do this. Um, so I'll put all of that below too. Cause I want you to know how to actually create hormone balanced meals, um, that are going to support your blood sugar. That's not only supportive in your luteal phase, but in every phase of your cycle, it's going to really support you with this. And then also have recipes to support you in knowing like, Ooh, what can I pair together? Let me get some ideas. So both of those will be in the show notes for you. Okay. The creating hormone balanced meals training. That's actually a training I pulled from the mind your hormones method as well. That's a free training. And then the recipes PDF guide. Okay. Both of those will be in the show notes for you. All right. That's number one. Number two, specific foods to help flush excess estrogen out of your body. That's going to really help support your liver and your gut. Cause remember those are the two things that are going to help flush this out of your body. Number one are beans. Ooh, this is the most abundant form of soluble fiber in the plant kingdom. And soluble fiber is the thing that comes into our body, acts like a sponge, acts like a net. It literally mops up excess hormones, toxins, metabolic waste, literally like sponges it up and helps get it out of the body. So having more soluble fiber is going to be really, really important. And the highest form of that are beans. Uh, Oatmeal also has it. Um, You want to make sure it's non-GMO and organic, um, ideally sprouted. Also in the recipes guide, I give you ideas of brands of things that I like. So, and there's also notes in there. If you're pregnant, if you're breastfeeding, I could talk about this guide all day. I'm so excited for you to get your hands on it. But anyway, um, where was I? Beans. Yes. Making sure you're incorporating more beans. There's so many recipes with beans in there. So you can get some ideas of what you could do. For example, um, you could do like arugula with quinoa and chickpeas with uh, cucumbers and red roasted peppers and olives and half an avocado, drizzle some lemon and extra virgin olive oil, olive oil on there. What an amazing lunch. I just had that yesterday. That's why I was top of mind. Um, but literally beans are such an easy thing that you can get in. Do like a cup of beans for lunch or dinner or both. And it's going to really, really support you. Okay. So that's number one. Um, lemon is really awesome for helping detoxify your liver, which is why having warm lemon water in the morning is something I always recommend. I've been doing for so long, probably like a decade now. Um, so having lemon is awesome, whether you're putting that on your meals, whether you're having warm lemon water in the morning, which is what I highly recommend. Um, and then bitter foods like arugula to help support your liver, cruciferous vegetables, um, and fiber, which we talked about. And then anti-inflammatory foods like avocados, chia seeds, hemp seeds are really helpful also. So to make this easier, 
easier to like manage. Number one is better support than Ludafis. Really just focus on caffeine, alcohol, and dairy. And you could just pick one of those to support yourself with that. Okay. Next is to help foods flush estrogen at foods to help flush estrogen out of the body. Focus on beans, like number one, and maybe do a warm lemon water in the morning. Those two things are going to be really helpful for you. Okay. And if you're already doing that, then you could do like the cruciferous vegetable stuff like that. But those two things are going to really support you. Warm lemon water in the morning and having beans, um, at least once a day, at least a cup of beans a day. Um, and, and, and then a healthy fat, like avocado, you could do half an avocado with lunch, half an avocado, avocado with dinner. That's anti-inflammatory. It's really going to help lower those inflammation levels. Um, and then supplement wise, omegas and magnesium are going to be really, really supportive for you. Um, omega threes are anti-inflammatory DHA, EPA. I personally um, prefer vegan sources. So you don't have the heavy metals from the fish. I am taking the needed brand. Um, I've been taking them since, uh, before I was pregnant. You do not have to be trying to conceive to take their omega. I love their omega. It's really cleanly sourced. It also has choline in it. Um, it's just a really great form of omega threes. So that's the one I use. You could obviously use my code Corinne to get a discount on that. And then magnesium, you already know I'm obsessed with the miracle worker magnesium. I take that shit every single night. I literally brought it to the hospital and had it the night I gave birth. Um, no, wait, wait, that's, that's a lie. I gave, I was, I started labor at 5 PM. So that night did not happen because I mean, I was clearly not thinking about the miracle work magnesium while I was in the middle of labor, but the day I had her that night in the hospital, I did have my miracle work magnesium. Okay. That is going to support you a ton as well. It's also going to support your gut health. Um, and you can use my code Corinne for that as well. And those links will be in the show notes. That's gut personal. Um, I'm obsessed with it. It's so freaking good. It's a form that's actually absorbable in the body. It's the one that really supports your hormones and your gut. There's all different forms of magnesium and not all are actually supportive. This is magnesium bisglycinate, which is the one you want to look for. Okay. So to tie this all up in a nice little bow, ovulation pain is not normal. It is coming from um, inflammation and excess estrogen and prostaglandins, inflammatory prostaglandins. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that we are more effectively removing the estrogen out of your body by, again, ditching some caffeine, alcohol, dairy, pick which one, start with that. Again, this is a, mar- a marathon, <laughs> marathon, not a sprint, which is why in the mind, your hormones method, things are laid out step by step by step in a strategic order so that you can you know, decide, uh, not decide, you can heal in a way that's actually more efficient because there are certain things we want to do first in the body. So anyway, if you are looking to dive deeper into that, you can d- dive into the mind your hormones method. I'll put that link below for you as well. So, um, you want to do the caffeine, alcohol, dairy, pick one, start with it, and then move on from there. Flush excess estrogen out of the body, focus on beans and having warm lemon water in the morning. And then, um, the supplements, omega-3s and magnesium. Again, needed omega-3s is my favorite and the Miracle Worker Magnesium from Gut Personal. You can use code Corinne for both of those. So that is tying it up in a little bow. What I want you to do, as soon as you finish this episode, go to the show notes, get that free training, creating hormone balance meals. It's going to be so supportive for you. And then check out the recipes guide. And if you are going to hop in the Mind Your Hormones Method, don't buy the recipes guide because it's already in there. Okay. So those are the three things I want you to check out after this episode. I hope this was helpful for you. Please let me know if you have any more questions of things you want me to touch on in this, on this podcast, I am creating this for both of us. And I really want to make sure that I am, you know, talking about topics that you actually care about. So I hope you love this one. If you did come message me, I love hearing from you. I hope you have an amazing day and I will talk to you soon.
Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.